0: Hey, it's Thursday, which means we're coming at you with a short feel-good story from a past guest. Hope you enjoy the clip. Stunt performer and comedian, Stevo. I think you moved seven times around the world by the time you were 14. Um, name all the places you lived when you were growing uh, up.
1: I grew up in five different countries. I was born in England, moved to Brazil when I was six months old. Spoke my first words in Portuguese. Um, Moved to Venezuela when I was, I think, two. And I I spoke fluent Spanish in nursery school. Moved to Connecticut when I was four. And then uh, when I was six years old, moved to Miami. And then when I was nine years old, moved to England. When I was 12 years old, moved to Canada. When I was 13, I moved to back to England. And I stayed in England through all four years of high school um, until I graduated high school when I was 18.
0: The pros and cons of moving around like that would be what?
1: Every time I found out we were going to move, I was like psyched about it because I was like, oh, this next time I'm going to be cool. (laughs) You know, like it was always like a chance for me to start over because I was really quick to rub people the wrong way, like all through my childhood. And, uh, like, I wanted, like, attention, and I wanted approval and praise, but, like, I went all the wrong ways about trying to get that.
0: How how well, if all, do you remember uh, the report card from your 6th oh, grade remember it. homeroom teacher?
1: It was the 6th grade report card, and my homeroom teacher, Alice Iacuessa, wrote, Steve, uh, like, desperately craves the... Uh, approval, you know, the, the attention, approval, you know, uh, praise, whatever, you know, of his peers. And but everything he does, you know, in seeking that brings about the opposite result. And that uh, couldn't be more accurate. And the fact of how true that is uh, was, was, you know, it appears to me.
0: So your dad, how much did he work when you were growing up? Oh,
1: yeah, I mean, like, I think if anything it was it was damaging, and this isn't like an attack or a judgment on my dad, but um, I think that the the lack of consistency with uh, the parenting. You know, when dad was around, there was like, dad would try to, like, compensate for all the time he wasn't there by being extra like stern and you know disciplinary when he was there. And so all that like really created was just like inconsistency, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, like what is it? You know, and same thing with mom's drinking and stuff. So um, I either had like a super strict like dad that I was kind of scared of, or like I had just like, it was like Pippi Longstocking, you know? <laughs>
0: So it was a lunch that you had with him at Ruby Tuesdays before the two of you drove to Jackson Memorial to see your mom after her aneurysm. What about that lunch was so impactful?
1: Yeah, when mom's aneurysm happened and you know we all congregated in Florida, uh, we took a break from the hospital to go get this, this meal. At that point, I had been through clown college, which dad just didn't understand, he didn't approve of, he just didn't support. And and mom came to my clown college graduation, but dad did not, um, which is no big deal, you know? But dad was like, not on board with what I was trying to do with the video camera and the I'm gonna be a stuntman business. And I love this so much. This is so like special to me and I'm so grateful for it because Dad initiated this conversation at that time and he said, uh, Hey, I want to tell you something. I really feel I've done a disservice to you by uh, not supporting you in this career that you've clearly committed yourself to. And it's not what I would choose for you, but I didn't choose what my dad would have chosen for me. And he said, Just like my dad told me, he said that, uh, you know, I'm want to tell you that uh you know I regret not supporting you and I pledge to support you and I just like it was a big deal you know you're not doing what I want.
0: (laughs) How how did did hearing that impact you?
1: Like it put wind in my sails you know and I remember uh like there was this show on TV called Real TV where it was kind of like uh you know home it was, it was home videos and on the the commercial they said if you have any video footage that you think that you know we might want to see like uh call this number and and I called up the number and I was like I don't even have footage that you might want I have footage that you desperately need you know and and um and so I sent them the the video and they and they called me back and they said yeah we really like uh the one where you're on the, the roof of the three-story building and you set yourself on fire and do the simultaneous fire-breathing front flip off of the roof. And, uh, and we'll pay you $500 for exclusive rights to it. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And they, would, they said, well, that, that means that we own it and that you can't you know, do anything with it. I'm like, wait, like, I can't, I can't do it. I'm like, I'm thinking that sounds awful. Right. And so I kind of went into a panic because I wanted to be on real TV, <laughs> you know? Like, I want to be on real TV, but, uh, but I don't want, you know? And so I called dad, you know? And I couldn't have done that before. Now dad's on my team, he's in my corner. Yeah. And I called dad, I said, dad, you know, five hundred bags exclusives, and dad says, calm down. You know, mellow out, calm down. He said, this is so simple. He said, you need to decide what's a deal breaker and stick to it. He says, what I hear you saying, it sounds like the exclusivity is a deal breaker. So why don't you uh, draw that line, stick to it, tell them that you're not gonna give them exclusivity and ask for a thousand. So I called back and I said, non-exclusive and I need a thousand. And they said, cool. <laughs> and so like from that first, you know, that was like the first like business thing and dad and I did it together. He's been in the loop on, on everything. I mean, increasingly less so. But uh, but, but he still has a, a major presence in all of my affairs, you know, and, and I love that.
0: We'll be back with another positive story from a past interview next Thursday. We'll pull it from our highest performing clips according to our digital community. Head over to YouTube.com slash Graham Bensinger to join us. Thanks for listening.